It is now time for the health moment on Chef Furious Radio with your host, Chef Furious, and with special guest, as always, naturopathic Dr. Andrew Larsh of Living Foods and Healing Herbs. And good afternoon, Andrew. Acting like, uh, I don't know, like a four-wheel drive dirt pass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Oh, getting nice and... Yeah, well, the road's like, there's 3,000 potholes on my driveway till the end of the road, <laughs> well, like that's a mile whole, away. That's this whole res. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. Like, it, I'm glad they fixed the um, the one road from, basically, the, the Helena Road yeah. uh, going to, oh, uh, yeah. from from my house to right to the intersection here in, in um, Akasasne. Yeah, yeah, they that, did fix that. It was horrible before. <laughs> that, that was bad. bad. Yeah. I used to have to drive on the other side of the road sometimes. One side of the road was better than the yeah, other. It was yeah. so weird. Oh, boy, and I remember... There was a, um, a, ma- a meme uh, video that showed, like, what it was like to drive through the, um, to, fr- on Helena Road or something. Well, like, any road, really, yeah. like, on some of the back roads in the reservation. And it, <laughs> like, had this 4x4 four four truck with, like, all jacked up stilts. <laughs> and it's bouncing up and down. You could see everyone's in the, in the Jeep is just, their heads are hitting the ceiling. <laughs> My favorite's the one where they, um, it says, uh, on, in Europe, they drive on the left hand. Yeah. Uh, the left hand side. And uh, here on, on the res they drive on what's left what's left that's funny <laughs> two wheels if you got me yeah yeah <laughs> so um your week's been good yeah buddy um so let's see news 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 um i was thinking about bringing back class to back to the healthy way on mondays typically it's at 6 p.m um i usually do like 25 to 30 classes every yeah. year usually from once it gets nice out so like maybe may and i'll do that all the way until i'd say october um you know maybe uh sometimes in just into december but uh we'll see because everything's tentative right now just because of possibly moving so um but uh if things aren't too crazy busy i want to do monday nights and i wanted to talk about uh like doing a class for about an hour yeah from six to seven because typically my classes go um about an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 so it's about as long as the show um and uh we do just we cover everything books and things like that um topics uh, people ask questions um but uh i was thinking about doing like maybe like a 45 minute class and then afterwards i wanted to do something called celebrate truth group so i don't know if you're familiar with like aa meetings and how yeah, those go yeah, okay um so <laughs> yeah we'll say i've been damn near a thousand of them yeah um <laughs> I, it, recovering myself for 10 years um but uh with the aa meetings i like the the structure of the meetings mm-hmm. and how they feel. So I was thinking about doing it with recovery of truth. And also there's a group, a Christian uh, recovery group that's based some somewhat off AA. Uh-huh. And it's called Celebrate Recovery. And uh, there's a real good skeleton structure of how I could base this group off from, which would be about the way that awake people are frustrated and okay. how we feel being awake in a and yep. like we're walking around kind of and we feel like people don't get what's going no, on they're not they seeing it and i feel like and we feel like we're you know the kind of like the zombie apocalypse we've <laughs> yeah, all been watching yeah, on tv exactly you everybody's know? just blind to what's actually going on and, yep. and they can't even do the math and are yes they, they don't know how to add things up and so this group would be for all of us to come together and um it doesn't matter any, every topic every conspiracy everything that you're feeling could be on the table and so i want to read the 12 steps that i created um for this celebrate truth group so i base this off aa and uh so it's a lot 
lot of it's based off AA, and 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 part of the group think is that you have a higher power, okay, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. just kind of the requirement. Um, it doesn't matter. You could do the higher power. You could call it anything you want, but for us, the higher power uh, I call it is God, um, and uh, so creation, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so step one, we admitted we were powerless over the outside world, which seeks to remove our free thinking and spiritual nature, that our lives had become unmanageable alone. Step two, we began to believe that a higher power, which is greater than ourselves, could restore us to sanity. Step three, we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God and His truth. Step four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves and the truth in a world designed to deceive us. Step five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs, our frustrations, and our hopes. Step six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all our defects of character and the obstacles to discerning his truths. Step seven, we humbly asked him to remove all our shortcomings and to make clear his path for us. Step eight, we made a list of all truths we were seeking, all paths to help others, and all wrongdoings we learned from. Step nine, we made direct amends to others, seeking to begin a relationship of truth and discernment, only if to do so will not cause harm. Step ten, we began to take a personal inventory, and when we are wrong or learned better, we promptly admitted it. Step eleven, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying for knowledge of his truth and will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we caref- uh, carefully carry this message to others who may be ready and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Now, basically the whole point of the group is you come, you sit down, we pick topics, we open up the meeting with, mm-hmm. uh, okay, guys, who wants to present a topic? We sit around in a circle or a table or whatever, and um, it, like an AA meeting, we come up with a couple topics, and then we start to discuss them. And there's no crosstalk. Every person can say something um but uh basically it's typically 45 minutes to an hour and we can talk about whatever if you want to talk about 9-11 if you want to talk about uh struggling to get your family to wake up um if you want everything is on the table that's the great thing about this and um so it would be something like that if you go to an aa meeting uh pretty much you can't talk really about anything unless it relates to alcohol and addiction yeah, um yeah. and even like i've been to AA meetings where they won't even let you talk about narcotics because it's strictly, yeah, alcoholics. strictly alcoholics i mean there, there's some old schoolers that will get really mad at you yeah, oh yeah I you know, know. I've been um, there. <laughs> so but we won't do that in the group and uh you could talk about everything and anything that relates to as long as it's relating to truth and seeking truth and uh i mean i know that some weeks i feel so frustrated and i feel like i'm so uh, I'm having such a hard time helping other people when some days I feel like I'm struggling so bad myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, no, like exactly what you your mean. family around you is getting shot down by vaccines. Your yeah. family around you is getting poisoned. Yeah. Um, they're eating terrible food. You're waking up. You're starting to help elevate other people. And everybody else around you is just bringing you down or you feel like you're not bringing them up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's just a lot to what, what you know that what could be done in these groups um so and i every person i've ran this to every person i've uh, i've I've introduced this idea to was super excited about it It was like that because they say like i can't relate to anybody nope i'm losing friends Mm -hmm. or i'm 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 disconnecting with my family because they don't understand what i'm going through yeah you know and uh, i think that that's why all these groups pop up on facebook and things like that like how many meeting places do we actually know where all of our friends get together and we all sit down and we talk about all the struggling we're having with the yeah. truth and not even just to stay struggling but part of the group is is that we can sit down and we can even share things that we've learned like you know we can talk about it uh different you know um uh you know s- truths that we're looking for and and uh, hey i you know maybe in my five minute speech or my 10 minute speech um 
I heard someone say that they're looking for books and or they're looking for um, you know what good videos can I watch to learn about this topic or that topic and then somebody else can chime in and then also too when you're talking about these stories and you're sharing your experiences uh, with Alcoholics Anonymous when somebody is sharing their story somebody else is listening and hearing something in that yep. story that's going to help them that would be awesome yeah see and we're getting um, our listeners are they said it sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah. That's it, it, dude, it's just it's awesome because where else can we really all get together right. with like-minded individuals that feel like us in a moment of time right now in 2021 where, where we can't even express ourselves. Yeah. Yes. You yes. can't really express ourselves anywhere. And if you do, you get ridiculed or whatever. Yep. This would be a great place to do it. Yeah, I'm totally in with that. Yeah. Celebrate truth. And like opening <laughs> your eyes <laughs> yeah. for, you know, just um, being awake. <laughs> yes, being awake, man. And, like, it's such an elevating feeling. And, of course, everyone that's all these cons- people that are pushed, you know, they put you down for being a conspiracy theorist or whatever. It's like people do conspire. They do get together in rooms and they have, th- they do plan out things like world events. They do. Yeah. Um, you know, Bilderberger Trilateral Commission, you know, the Skull and Bones, like Bohemian Grove. Like, there's so many things that they, people, as these, these, but anyway, uh, what we can do is we can get together. And we can start sitting there and planning things, or we can just talk about things. We don't even have to do anything as planning. We can go there as a group to vent if we need to, but that's what the whole point of the group is. And um, I totally lost my train of thought. Well, one thing I was going to say is that if if we do the group, it would be like probably 45 minutes to an hour, depending on if it goes good and we get enough people. You know what I mean? Like I expect like four to five people at least. Like yeah, um, that would be happy enough for me. And if we get 10, 20, like I mean, yeah, it could just grow. Great. I don't yeah. know. Um, but uh, then we could consider going to a bigger place than the healthy way. But for now, we, we got enough like for like 10, 15 at the healthy way. Uh-huh. And uh, during my classes, I usually get between like I got three solid every week. And then sometimes I get 12 to 15 uh, in my classes every week and usually they're as uh, time goes on they usually dwindle down to just the people who like to come every week because <laughs> yeah. it gets to the point to where people don't have the you know uh, I read from books and we learn and we talk about vaccines and we talk about raw foods and things like that and um, usually get some people that come to some meetings and then they get tired mm-hmm. of you know coming every week uh, if we could get something where people could come and they could sit down and not have to do like mental thinking like they're always doing maybe turn it off and listen to somebody else for yeah. a bit that's really enjoyable so yeah right i mean uh, hopefully the group could build get another point of view and just uh, different ideas that would be yeah super man okay so i'll let everybody know about that obviously and of course yeah. we'll do another show in two weeks and i'll see what's uh, but i'm planning on may so uh but i will keep everybody up to date right on all right so i think we left off um i wanted to just talk about so I, I read from books a lot. I love books because yeah. there's it, it can be uncorrupted information, old information, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It's not uh, whim to being censored. Like it's yeah, at least and it's not biased or well, not to say it's, it's not that's not biased, but I mean it's not. Um, there's no agenda behind it. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Yeah. So the thing about books is that books are. are I'm going to read this because I typed this up. Uh, I do one of my little things here. So the importance of books. Books are one of the best ways to create an advantage over over your environment. That advantage would be knowledge. So let us say that we're stuck in the woods or stranded at sea by ourselves, maybe in a plane crash or a shipwreck. Hey, it happens. Uh, Depending on the environment, having either years of experience, a bit of knowledge you watched on TV, or a survival guide for that environment, we don't stand much of a chance. Books give one a considerable advantage over their environment. They can give the user an immediate expert's vantage point of useful information for survival. That survival today can be financial and emanation as long as we 
put our skills and knowledge to work for us. The largest faith-based religions in the world work from the foundations of knowledge and words written in books. The entire educational system is based around books. Almost all situations in the world can be made easier to be in by the knowledge, insight, instruction, and guidance of the words in books. Today, many people have stepped away from books, to the internet, to videos, to quick audio files, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Deep knowledge can be gained from that way, but certain knowledge that is contained in books, however, is typically garnered, uh, the book is, a compendium of thousands of hours of work and research, sometimes tens of thousands of hours of experience and education accumulated, transcribed, and put on paper to preserve that information for anyone to receive over and over again without corruption of the influence of time. When a person writes a book, if it is one on knowledge, uh, education experiences, etc., it is going to give the reader a bit of that knowledge and experience. If a reader is interested in a subject like building or physics, etc., then that, then the books will give a reader a, a strong foundation to go out and build a better understanding of the world. Books on the health of the human body can be taught to anyone. Books on anatomy and physiology, on foods, on herbs, on oils, on the environment, and its detriment or healing aspects can all give the reader a way to understand themselves and how to conquer the disease process and within a short amount of time, rather than years of fumbling around trying to do and learn everything oneself through experience. Imagine reading a book that contains the knowledge of the most important facts and useful knowledge uh, and experience that another person, a professional, say, a doctor, can put on paper. Everything they have learned in a lifetime put on paper to pass on. Things that took them tens of thousands of hours to learn, search, and research from now, now you have. One can educate and become a master of just about any subject by reading the compilations and experiences of many of those same authors and pioneers in different fields of study. Self-taught learning is more powerful than most imagine. We don't need, we don't have to, pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to master a subject when we can pay hundreds of dollars, buy books, and teach ourselves. Many times books are free or borrowed, so at times it can cost us nothing to gain what others pay years of wages to receive. Institutional learning is a good motivation for many and an excellent way to learn, but in the meantime, if you are really interested in something, you can truly teach yourself the art and mastery of pretty much any subject today and build your own way, regardless of the conditions of the workplace and its social norms and requirements and credentials. Encouraging knowledge, education, and out-of-the-box thinking brought about most of the advances in this world, and books are a history of instruction guide on that experience. Many folks, such as many of the elite know the power of books and spent considerable amounts of time trying to pull people away from them. The best quote on that by one of the founders of modern educational system named John D. Rockefeller said, quote, I want a nation of workers, not a nation of thinkers. So free thought and autodidactic learning, which autodidactic means self-taught, uh, free thought and self-taught learning are the foundations of so many of the best and most successful ventures and advances in the system that we are constrained inside of. If a person has a goal or wants to learn something, gift them a book or gift one to yourself. If anyone wants a list of the best books that I have found on natural healing and its subtopics, uh, the terrain theory, anatomy and physiology, primal and ancestral foods, wild foraging, permaculture, gardening, etc., message me via Facebook Messenger, uh, Andrew Miles Larsh, or through Living Foods and Healing Herbs, or call The Healthy Way and leave me a message on a book list request with your info if I am not there. So you can create a knowledge base from the pages of books from authors who put their life's work together just for you to read and learn from. We all stand on the shoulders of giants who came before us. And we look down a bit because they lifted us up to get a bigger and better view of the world. So just a thought. This is a thought right here. Think about all the end times type movies that push book burning and extinguish free thought and want to control the narrative of history. 
that sound familiar with all the censorship going on oh, today? Yeah, very much. Yeah, it's been going on for thousands of years, and this is called the, I mean, we're, we're, the suppression we of knowledge. Natives have lived a lie. You know, they're not taught. They don't teach um, what really happened to natives here. No, oh, yeah, I know. And, yeah. You know, it makes them look so bad, and they are bad. And, um, you know, one and thing I want to say about that. This brings it up to what I teach every day. Mm-hmm. And we teach about health. We teach about so-called, you know, what causes viruses, what causes detoxification. Yeah. And I've got proof of this in plenty of books, but, and I eventually want to get to it. It's just kind of like such a subtopic of a subtopic of yeah. a subtopic that Native American peoples were specifically sought out, basically poisoned, yeah. to put them onto reservations. And how do you do that? You have to, you have, first off, you got to massacre their food supply, which, the, which yep, they did with they the did. buffalo. Yep. Okay, you need to also poison them in their hunting grounds. You have to. You have, so what they did was is they poisoned the water supplies and they poisoned blankets. Chemical mm-hmm. um, manufacturing was huge in the 17 and early 1800s. Smallpox virus was not the virus, the the the, the causation of disease. It was chemical toxicity and chemical exposure. If you poison the water mm-hmm. supply, if you poison blankets with chemicals, you create massive toxification and massive detoxification symptoms outbursts mm-hmm. through the skin via ruptures. That's why all smallpox symptoms and still going on all the way up through till the early 1900s until they cleaned up basically what we talked about a couple weeks ago. We talked about how you clean up the environment, like if you were to sanitize or uh, if you were to clean up your streets, if you were to clean up your homes, if you were to stop burning from leaky stoves and burning coal and, and mercury vapor yep. poisons and all this stuff and, and, and eating, uh, you know, basically deficient and toxic foods, the uh, smallpox disappears. And smallpox has been gone completely almost uh, as long as there's first world, you know, the first world conditions basically. As, as long as those were gone, those nasty conditions that most of Europe lived in for the longest time, crowded streets, they threw their crap out onto the streets, their, their piss, um, and that was the reason for all the outbreaks and once you clean that up once you uh basically clean up and and say um you know get the hygiene going yeah uh smallpox disappears and so to say that that virus was where native american people lived they were living in pretty much the cleanest environments you could think of and, I, and mm-hmm. i'm and i'm you know that's totally contradictory to what you'll hear about uh you know what the whitewashing has done mm-hmm. and says that you know living in the dirt and living in the soil like those are the healthiest things you can do um eating the single ingredient raw foods that almost all native american cultures did the diet was unbelievably unbelievably good mm-hmm. and so were the conditions there was no disease think about it from 14 so-called 92 when columbus mm-hmm. landed yeah. all the way up until 1850 there was no massive die-off of native americans and then all of a sudden Right yeah, in the eighteen yep. what thirties, forties, or fifties, or whatever. Something then all like of a sudden, that, smallpox. Yeah. Oh my God, smallpox comes in and just flourishes among the Native American people. No poisons flourished. Yeah. Once the industry came in and figured out a way to be able to, you know, uh, poison. And this is what they're doing with all minorities. They're doing it with blacks. They did it with the syphilis experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done it with oh my God, so many things. They used to make these. Uh, take these sprayers and spray them outside of the ghettos, out of the big project buildings, uh-huh. and they were spraying chemicals on these people. And they were poisoning them, and they were experimenting on them. And right now, today, what they're doing is they're experimenting on us again via vaccines. Um, and this yeah. is an experimental vaccine. And and now it's technically it's illegal to experiment on people via the um, oh god the convention there, whatever it was. So that way they couldn't experiment on people anymore without consent. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, after World War Two, yeah. uh, but basically you have to have legal consent to be experimented on, and everybody's been giving away their consent yeah, yeah. to get vaccinated. Yep. And you know, I was reading that. 
I don't know how many people don't understand that. That's, that's you have the free will, but yet they're just jumping in line anyway. Right. And, and and what was it that they were trying to do? Let's make sure we get it to the to the blacks. Make sure we get it to the minorities. Yep, the make minorities, sure we get it to the yep. poor. Make sure we get it to the Native Americans. Um, everybody was being pushed. Uh, that and, and and the big thing is is that this is something that we can talk about in the Celebrate Truth groups is eugenics and yeah. a lot of the things that I mean I've got thousands of hours of proof on the the um, and actually what I want to do real quick is I just want to read like a couple things. Yeah. Um, from that vein or line of thought. Whoops. There we go. I mean, I've I've been seeing so much advertising. It's so sickening, man. Well, okay. So here's here's um the Rockefeller mind of thought, which is uh, death by medicine, right? So Rockefeller yep. medicine in hospitals, adverse drug re- drug reactions. There's there's two point two million a year. Unnecessary antibiotic prescriptions, twenty million a year. Unnecessary medical and surgical procedures, seven point five million a year. Now this is this is in two thousand three. This is from the book Death by Modern Medicine, which we've talked about. It's where I came up with the numbers about five to fifteen million are killed every year by modern medicine. Total iatrogenic deaths per year, uh, and this is just the numbers that are established: seven hundred eighty-three thousand nine hundred thirty-six, and they estimate that that's about five percent uh, to about fifteen percent of the actual numbers reported. Um, let's see. This is in 2003, I remember, so this is almost 20 years ago. These numbers are way worse now. Um, so in 2012, GlaxoSmithKline, they were sued $3 billion. $1 billion was for criminal, and $2 billion was, was from civil suits. So why were they uh, in criminal cases? Well, they were doing off-label promotion, and they were failing to disclose safety data on some of their drugs, civil suits. Uh, paying, uh, they were paying kickbacks to physicians. They were making false and misleading statements concerning the safety of their, uh, one of their drugs, Avandia, reporting false best prices and underpaying rebates under the Medicaid drug rebate program. Uh, Pfizer was awarded, two po- or they awarded out $2.3 billion for off-label promotion, and they were doing kickbacks for their drugs to their physicians. Um, Johnson & Johnson, $2.2 billion for off-label promotion and kickbacks. Abbott Laboratories in 2012, $1.5 billion for off-label promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli Lilly, $1.4 billion. Tap Pharmaceuticals, $875 million. Amgen, $762 million. GlaxoSmithKline, $750 million. Guess what time period this is from? 2010 to 2013, uh, 2009 to 2013. In four years. Almost like $20 billion was paid out just from drug companies, wow. just uh, just from civil suits, from deceptions, from fraud. 75% of all the modern medicine science is done by pharmaceutical companies. So this leads me to the next thing here, which is uh, hospital adverse drug reactions account for 106,000 deaths every year. Uh, this is Remember, this is 2003, so $12, million, $12 billion, uh, that's the cost. Medical errors are 96 thousand and that cost two billion dollars just bed sores alone 115,000 deaths from that and 55 billion dollars infection 86,000 deaths uh, excuse me 88,000 deaths and five billion dollars malnutrition in um, uh, modern medicine hospitals and things 108,000 Outpatient ADR, adverse drug reactions, 199,000 deaths, $77 billion, that's the cost. Unnecessary procedures in hospitals, 37,136, which counts to $122 billion. And surgery-related, uh, just just doing surgery and dying out of the knife, 32,000 with $9 billion. Total is $262 billion of deaths um, from the Rockefeller medical care system mm-hmm. and its results. 
uh, Rockefeller donations. So American Eugenics Society. Now this is when John D. Rockefeller was alive, going down to his son. American Eugenics Society. This is who he donated to. He donated to Planned Parenthood. He don't. He donated to the Population Council. He also donated to I.G. Farben, who partnered with the Nazis. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in World War II, and they supplied IG Farben did the chemicals for the gas chambers. Uh, nice, huh? And yeah, there's, uh, a, there's a whole <laughs> Rockefeller this, yeah. was connected with them. Uh, he's Rockefeller's donated to the UN, the World Economic Forum, and the Eco Agricultural International. Uh, so let's see if we read one of John's quotes in 1952. Overpopulation will ravage the earth and cause widespread death by 2000. That's what he said. So David Rockefeller wrote this in a 2002 memoir. Quote, some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family, the Rockefellers, and me as internationalists and conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I am proud of it. So... What else do you want? <laughs> he just said that and admitted that he is yeah. a globalist and a eugenicist. Um, I think uh, that's going to cover it here. I've got a bunch of other quotes. And There's stuff. so many ties to uh, Nazi Germany and the states. You, well, you got the Gates, right? Gates Foundation, mm-hmm. Rockefellers, Clintons. Um, the Rockefeller Foundation and the Clinton Foundation have developed a series of COVID apps which will tightly control post-COVID life. The initiative is launched by a non-profit trust called Commons Project Foundation, mm-hmm. which is part of the World Economic Forum. The Common, Commons Project includes three COVID apps, Common Health, COVID Check, and, Co- and Common Pass. Together, they will collect, store, and monitor your health data ba- based on which apps will decide whether you are eligible to travel, study, or go to office. Now it's going to be yeah, linked to a vaccine. That, yeah. That's going to be linked to a vaccine, so you're going to have COVID pass and all that. So I, wa- I just want to say this, lastly. A society, this is from Robert Rocca, this is a quote, a society that corrupts science, the basis for discovering, describing, and employing reality is doomed. Honest science requires free inquiry and debate. It is a never-ending process of proposing, testing, evaluating, revising, and discarding hypotheses for new ones with more explanatory and predictive power. There is no such thing as settled science. The claims that there is with regards to climate, coronavirus, germ theory, or any other scientific issue are nothing more than admissions that the purported science is propaganda. Unchallenged science is a contradiction in terms. Challenge is the lifeblood of science, end quote. So basically, as I've been saying forever, we looked at germs, we looked at viruses, we looked at, you know, uh, cooked foods versus raw foods. Every single bit of science should be challenged at all times, mm-hmm. all the time. It, if the foundation, if the, if the house is built on sand, you're basically going to be risking everything when a storm passes by or it gets wet or whatever. Uh, there's so many things that can go wrong if you base everything off of a foundation and never, ever check that foundation. So let's go to uh, the um, back to uh, Enzymes, okay. The Key to Health by Howard Loomis. And uh, let's talk about something that um, is going to make a lot of sense here. So when you're eating a cooked or a processed food, when it comes into the body, uh, your body ne- senses it immediately. You smell it. Uh, you taste it. Your body knows if it's been cooked, it's been damaged and denatured. Your body will release the actual chemical composition uh, equivalent. It will release the exact enzymes, the uh, actual equivalent 
of the amount of damage that's done to the food. So if somebody's like eating a raw foods, 100% raw foods diet, their body releases almost no enzymes, no digestive enzymes, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, studies can be done where you can see somebody switching from a cooked foods diet to a raw foods diet mm-hmm. in their mouth, their salivary enzymes, their pancreas, all that stuff, the enzyme composition in their pancreas and in their saliva completely changes to the point to where it actually disappears. Once you start eating a cooked food again, your body produces 10 times the amount of enzymes, uh, digestive enzymes, to digest that cook, cooked food. Now, where do those enzymes come from? Your body has to keep creating them. It has mm-hmm. to keep supplying them. So when you mean when I'm smelling that cheeseburger cooking, mm-hmm. your my body's, body's getting, ready, yep. getting ready for the talk? The it, Yes, it is. Yes. Toxins. Okay, you remember, remember when we used to go cop drugs, right? <laughs> cop <Yeah. and> drugs. <laughs> you used to get that sick feeling. You have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Your body's getting ready for poisoning. Yeah. Okay. When we eat, when we smell delicious cooked foods and processed foods, our body gets ready for another poisoning. What happens is is that actually, as we're um, bringing in uh, salivation and we're bringing in digestive enzymes to get ready, we're also too uh, creating white blood cells. We're actually creating an immune response. Cortisol is being released, and mm-hmm. so is adrenaline. The intestinal mucosa. Okay. Um, when we're digesting foods uh, that are cooked or processed, s- trying to digest them, mm-hmm. we create a more, uh, the intestinal mucosa over time, as we eat more cooked and processed foods over time, over years, the intestinal mucosa becomes more permeable and it becomes inflamed. So digestive remnants that enter the blood, they excite the immune system and they become known as circulating immune complexes. Now circulating immune complexes, uh, they're basically called antigens. All right. Uh, when we inject vaccines into us that are foreign chemicals and yeah. foreign materials, they are antigens. Okay. What do antigens respond to, or what? What is what is what seeks them out? Antibodies. All antibodies are are basically you know proteins, markers, uh, white blood cells. They can even really be considered immunoglobulins. Okay. So circulating immune complexes. They're the leading cause of fibromyalgia. They can retard healing. They promote and prolong pain from the inflammatory process and they reduce the competency of the immune system. Only an intact and intestinal mucosa barrier protects the body from entry by foreign antigens, aka cooked and processed foods, and their systemic effects. The major factors that comprise the mucosal barrier, um, they're, uh, whoops, where am I doing that, where am I, where's my answer? Uh, Let's see, the major factors that uh, comprise the mucosal barrier are, See, so NSAID pain relievers, aspirins, steroids, cortisone, um, and basically anti-inflammatory drugs, mm-hmm. cooked foods, processed foods, antacids, antibiotics. They all disrupt the intestinal lining, the mucosal flora. They rip it, they tear it, uh, they stretch it out. We're gonna ask them. Uh, I was, um, I was thinking about rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. Everything's tied right into. All of your arthritis is basically, think about it like this. First off, you hang your hands at your side. You hang your feet, obviously. Uh, they're, yeah. you know, at the bottom of your body. All of your blood circulates these circulating immune complexes. Yeah. Imagine if you had a bunch of garbage and you threw it into the river, and as the river's flowing, there's a turn in the river. Yeah, Every, All the garbage will pile up on the turn. Uh, just like when you hang your hands at your sides, this is for most arthritis. They usually start in your fingertips. They start mm-hmm. in your um, peripheral, uh, you know, arterial uh, structure, um, and they will accumulate. The sediment will accumulate in your fingers, in your knuckles, in your in your synovial fluid, in your mm-hmm. joints, um, and uh, that causes arthritis. And that can also store on the nerve tissue as well. These toxins, these circulating immune complexes, these antigens. Okay, if you overload the system, now remember we talked about two weeks ago. We talked about 
raw or frozen foods produce no increases in the white blood cell counts, a.k.a. no circulating immune complexes. Mm -hmm. Commonly cooked food caused mild white blood cell release. Pressure cooked or canned food produced a moderate white blood cell elevation. And then man-made foods, which don't contain food enzymes at all, uh, carbonate, like carbonated beverages, alcohol, white sugar, flour, uh, you know, uh, distilled vinegar, they were the most offensive, causing severe poisoning, severe white blood cell release, severe you know, circulating immune complexes. And then, of course, Dr. Paul Kuchikoff, doing all these studies, uh, he went so far as to prove that meat must be eaten raw to avoid leukocytosis and that cured, salted, canned, and cooked meats brought on violent reactions equivalent to the leukocytosis, a.k.a. white blood cell release, mm -hmm. that he saw in injectable poisoning, which vaccines are one of those poisonings. Mm -hmm. um, and why do we think when we get injected with these vaccines, our you know, we get uh, fevers, we get yeah. inflammation, we get, ow, that really hurts, you yeah. know, yeah. right on the spot. Uh, our joints are swollen because our body's trying to contain that toxicity in our intracellular, or excuse me, our extracellular fluids, uh, interstitial tissues, where our body's trying to surround those circulating immune complexes yeah. and hold them off and keep them in that area. When we get arthritis, we have those cooked and processed foods going through our body systemically. They have to store somewhere if they don't get out of the body fast yeah. enough. When we see people that get poisoned, like say like uh, they're eating like uh, ketchups, ketchups and, and sauces mm -hmm. and things like that, they'll get a lot of acne. Um, when they're eating a lot of cooked protein, they'll get a lot of uh, stones. They'll get a lot of um, arthritis, uh, you know, uh, gouts and things like that. When they're eating a lot of sugars and pastas and carbs, they'll get a lot of yeast um, toxicity. They'll get a lot of nerve damage. Uh, the carbohydrates will strip out fats uh, to deal with the inflammation to, to increase cholesterol in the blood. Um, you'll see basically every type of inflammation that you could think of coming directly from, they, they, they can stem from your cooked and processed foods. Mm -hmm. And of course, we not only add on, you know, cooked and processed foods, we add on chemicals into that as well yeah. and GMOs. Yeah. Um, all those things will come into the body and cause severe inflammation and that circulates in the body. And that stores in those nice little bends in the river, you know. Yeah. Um, they'll store on your nerve tissue and they'll start. I mean, just doing that drink with the raw eggs mm -hmm. and, you know, added all the, I added for flavor, all raw. And um, my joints and my ankle is horrible, so it swells up every day. Anyway, so I started that drink and next thing I know, there was no inflammation yep. You're on a week. And then I, um, I was gotten hold for like two um, almost a month and now the season's here i'm cooking and i'm getting ready to you know your extracellular fluids are starting to become less toxic and when okay yeah. so like inside the cell is um like 66 uh, percent of your water mm -hmm. outside of the cell is like 33 percent of the water that 33 percent of water is what dictates all of your basically um ph's in your blood mm -hmm. it dictates uh the pain and inflammation that you're suffering from if the cell fluid, excuse me, the fluid outside the cells, which all of your all your cells float in this fluid, if that fluid outside the cells is poisoned with cooked or processed foods or mm -hmm. chemicals, um, you start to get that swelling and that inflammation because the body has to surround that poisonous fluid that's floating uh, around your cells. It needs to surround it with more water. It mm -hmm. needs to surround it with white blood cells. Um, I think about 80% of your interstitial fluid um, is basically surrounding your cells and about 20% is in your blood, uh, or excuse me, 20% is your blood and the 80%, yeah, it's surrounding your cells and it's surrounding your joints and your um, nerves. Mm -hmm. So this is where all detoxification, this is where all, um, you know, um, viruses come from is if you poison, basically imagine if you had a bunch of houses in a city and in, in the streets was garbage. It was overflowing in the streets. The police were corrupt. Um, you know, the, um, the, 
there was bombs and uh, you know uh, uh, basically just a bunch of criminals running around bombing things and 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 killing people and stabbing people imagine if they were all doing that in the streets and you're inside your house nice and safe but after a time that those criminal those cr- criminals and those bombs mm-hmm. they spill over into your house inside of your house you might have a gun or something to protect yourself yeah, with yeah and you can put them down and then you got to take out the trash yeah <laughs> you got to get rid of them or else they're going to stink up your house yeah okay so you get them out of your house that is a virus that's what a virus is all right that's exactly what it is it's just overflow of poisons going into the cell uh there can be different ways to excrete or um excuse me there can be different ways to create those viruses inside the house inside the cell um it doesn't have to be something coming into the body to poison it directly like food or you know chemicals it can be emf waves foreign Mm man-made emf waves they can hit your cells and cause that type of poisoning uh but uh, regardless that's the way the cell stays alive if not you got to get out of the house you know what i mean because the house is going to stink and putrefy and cause sickness and all that you got to get that out of the house um where i was going with this is um i as soon as i got on the drink and then i started cooking again getting ready for the season and you know you got to pay the bills anyway um i'm trying to do the healthier option like i mean i'm i'm taking the process and i've done the process for use and i know how much salt is in it and i'm using a lot of fresher products Mm. i'm still cooking it of course but um since i've done this i've noticed that the inflammation in my ankle and my leg is yeah is starting to come back so i need to stop (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. see it's just the thing man you can't violate the laws of nature and um like okay so the 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 laws of nature number one number one rule all animals in the wild eat raw period Mm -hmm. end of story humans did we did we did we did okay thousands and thousands of years now if you have a slight amount of cooked foods in your diet when you're living 500 years ago that's fine 500 years ago Mm -hmm. there was no poisoning emfs in the environment there were no chemicals in the environment so you weren't overloading no you weren't overloading you could tolerate oh my god you could tolerate eating 25 percent of your diet 30 percent of your diet could be Mm -hmm. cooked every single day it wouldn't matter you'd still live a pretty dang almost disease-free life for 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 150 Mm -hmm. years you can't do that anymore we just can't you can't get away with it anymore people have symptoms at birth right after mom stops breastfeeding uh baby baby gets sick yeah. because they switch the baby over to processed food jarred foods you know all that gerber crap and yeah. uh they put them on processed uh you know single ingredient chemical f- uh, formula uh, excuse me processed chemical mm-hmm. formulas um and uh w- you know babies are meant to be eating single ingredient foods after they're off of uh breast milk and if mom's eating poisons while she's breastfeeding mm-hmm. she's poisoning the baby too so you'll see colic almost immediately there's yeah. no babies that don't go through colic anymore unless they're doing raw you know mom's eating raw and then she's passing it on to the baby and then of course when the baby gets off the baby switches over say the r- to raw grass-fed organic milk and then mm-hmm. raw foods that's it's not happening anymore um now also too you got the chemical insults and all that stuff yeah so it's just literally impossible and this is where the extracellular fluid gets poisoned, the blood gets poisoned, sickness and disease mm-hmm. perpetuate from there. I just couldn't, um, I, I really couldn't believe how fast I noticed the... Yeah, once you clean up the environment, yeah, Derry, yeah. how fast it goes, it, it you go back pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could do years and years and years of raw, and then all of a sudden, if I went through a week of cooked foods, I'd uh-huh. get sick immediately, and that would be like me experiencing colic all, all over again. That would be my colic like, yeah. as a baby. Because uh, when they call it colic, because they have no other explanation as to why the baby's getting sick mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're switching over from raw milk to you know cooked and processed foods like immediately. And they're, s- they're so content when they're you know they're everything's natural you know uh-huh. I, I noticed how content the kids are yes um just everything just seems to be they're they're more engaged they're more 
just happy you yeah. know it, it's it's a, your body is ama- amazing you know well and it has mm-hmm. an amazing ability to heal itself, heal itself and yeah. correct itself yeah. once you give it the right things if i imagine if i had perfect materials for my house to build with i could make an unbelievably beautiful house yeah. but if i have just a short amount of nails and a short amount of wood i can't build much with it mm-hmm. um it could be dilapidated i could still habitate it but really the thing is is that you want to have some a nice beautiful magnificent healthy structure uh that only happens if you bring in healthy magnis- mm-hmm. magnificent beautiful materials now if you're going to bring in cooked and or processed foods if you have no choice if you're not going to be eating a lot of raw foods which you know that's going to be the best but if not you can bring in enzymes okay they're called exogenous aka outside Mm -hmm. enzymes so enzymes you can make from two different pathways you can make them from animal or you can make them from plant Okay, so there's animal enzymes, which they're supplemental enzymes that are derived from the pancreas of beef and pork uh, from animals. They're sold under the generic names of like pancreatin. Um, they do not spare the body's own digestive resources. In other words, the body still must contribute a large amount of its own enzymes to digest food in the early stages of digestion. The reason why is animal enzymes like pancreatin, trypsin, chymotrypsin, they don't work in the stomach. When you drop food down into your stomach from eating, Say it's a cooked food. It's been heat damaged. Okay, the enzymes are destroyed, mm-hmm. unfortunately, by the heat. Depends how much you've cooked that food. The more you cook it, the more enzymes are destroyed. The more mm-hmm. the protein's de- denatured, the more everything is damaged. Your body doesn't recognize it. Um, the m- When you use animal enzymes and you drop them into the stomach, it takes about an hour for those foods to turn into liquid if there's no enzymes accompanying that food uh, because hydrochloric acid mixes with Uh, pepsin and it turns it from chunky chopped up food to liquid and it drops it down into the small intestine Uh, that's called chyme if i drop in animal enzymes so i take a supplemental exogenous enzyme with my cooked or processed food unfortunately animal enzymes are not active they don't activate uh, until the liquid is dropped down into the small intestine at that point you've got only a small window of time for those animal enzymes to start working and in a matter of three feet which is only like maybe 25 minutes to an hour you have to get those animal enzymes to liquidate mix with all that cooked food that you just ate plus your pancreas is still working and excreting enzymes because it's not recognizing those those enzymes you just mm-hmm. dropped down so basically most of the animal enzymes are you are wasted they're useless uh, and they only work in a proper pH range of about 8 to 11 9 to 11. So they're almost utterly useless. Most people are taking cheap enzymes when they go to the health food store. They grab the cheaper enzymes and they're not getting what they pay for and they're still not really helping out their digestion that much. Mm -hmm. And they're getting about 10% of what they could if you get enzymes from the store. If you're going to go to this healthy way or any of these places, uh, you know, even, you know, Walmart or right. If you're going to get digestive enzymes, make sure they're from vegetable sources, plant sources. Mm -hmm. Plant enzymes, they work in a broader pH range than animal enzymes, and then therefore they can pre-digest food in the stomach immediately. So enzymes come in, remember, they're the key to the lock. Yeah. Okay? They are the catalyst. They come in and they separate the molecules of the food into smaller parts. Circulating immune complexes are big, gigantic, undigested materials and they're damaged and they get into the white, the bloodstream and they cause white blood cells and a ton of excess damage and debris. Mm-hmm. If you bring in plant enzymes like um, lipases, proteases, amylases, glucomylases, look at the bottle. Like uh, we sell a product at Healthy Way called Proactizyme. That is a combination of different proteases, amylases, glucomylases, lipases, um, basically foods that break down proteins, fats, and carbs. Okay, 
if I drop in uh, one proactizyme or two proactizymes with a cooked or a processed food, say I go out to eat, I'm going to bring some enzymes with me for sure because if not, I will have that food sit in my stomach for hours sometimes okay. and it won't go anywhere. The mm -hmm. enzymes, what they do is they immediately break down the foods. If I had a big bowl of spaghetti yeah. uh, sitting on a plate and it had a little water in it and I sprinkled enzymes, my vegetarian uh, proactizyme, say, over top of it, mm -hmm. the, the brand name's called proactizyme, um, if I did that, it would come back. 45 minutes later and I would see that that enzyme had completely liquidated that food. That's incredible. If I did that with animal enzymes, if I took the animal enzymes, the cheap, cheap enzymes that a lot of your drug stores sell mm -hmm. and a lot of your health food stores, that food would still be sitting there completely undigested. Okay? Mm -hmm. Undigested basically just means broken down. Okay? Absorption is completely different. Uh, absorb absorption is when the food, the nutrients, they all get into the cell. If you have a cheap enzyme, you're not doing any justice to yourself. You're just wasting your money. So another good one we have at Healthy Way is uh, called Digest Ultimate. So there's there's Proactizyme and Digest Ultimate. We talk about enzymes on the radio all the time. If you're having food and it's sitting in your gut and you're feeling bloated and mm -hmm. you're feeling all just distended, that is your food that's cooked and or processed sitting in the intestinal tract. It's just swelling up and fermenting. It's, it's basically actually putrefying. Um, and uh, it, bacteria is actually coming in to break down a lot of that cooked and processed foods. Now, if you're getting burping, yeah, it's basically food that's still sitting in your stomach. Uh, and, and if it's, it's, maybe it's a little bit into the small intestines, but the gas is pushing upwards. Now, if you get to the point where you're getting a lot of gas, uh, that's past the small intestine, mm -hmm. it'll go downwards out. Yeah. <laughs> You'll yeah. fart. Uh, so that's, you can determine where that food is and what's going on. Where is it not digesting? So, um, when you have raw foods, you'll get a lot of movement and detoxification from old cooked and processed foods that have been sitting in the intestinal tract for years and years and mm -hmm. years. So you got 30 something feet of intestines. You got to sweep all that out. Years of cooked and processed foods. A lot of cooked and processed foods do not always move out of the intestines perfectly mm -hmm. over the years. So when you bring in smoothies, Nutribullet yeah, shakes, with yeah. raw spinach, raw carrots, couple raw eggs, frozen berries, raw honey, things like that, you are sweeping and moving and detoxifying with a nice, healthy, clean brush. And you're cleaning up all the intestinal wall lining, and you're and you're sweeping know, out. Basil, that. basil does amazing things for your, your yeah, digestive tract. It's it can be bitter, and it can be a, a carminative and a mm -hmm. cholagog and things like that. A lot of these things will excrete bile, and they'll help detoxify and emulsify a lot of fats that are stuck in your intestinal tract. So you'll get a lot of bowel movements the first couple of days. People will start detoxifying. Mm, excuse me, a lot of um, cooked and processed foods. Yeah, like a, a lot of people always ask me, uh, is it going to make me go to the bathroom? Um, yeah, of course. It can, yeah, it can. Uh, I'm like, it depends on how much poison you got in you. It's going yeah. to clean you out, man. Yeah, there's there's folks walking around, they'll lose 10, 20, sometimes 20 to 30 pounds. Um, there's this guy, uh, that um, this doctor, Dr. Um, oh God, Sh Schultz, Dr. Schultz, uh, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z-E. He's got this herbal detoxification. It's a, uh, an intestinal cleanse in this one guy that was doing his program he had a sheath it was literally the shape of the intestinal tract and it looked like dead snake skin and it was coming out of him he passed a five foot long bowel movement oh man he had to do it in his tub obviously because it was so it was that's just disgusting but anyway it, it, the picture of it is in the magazine that I'm looking at that Schultz is advertising this product for. And, I, and I've seen stuff like that come out, you know, like I've heard about that coming out of people and, and myself actually for a year of do doing the raw smoothies. I went that to I was Woodstock doing. in 94 and came home and 
<laughs> said Woodstock right on it. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, you have a lot of things that can store, and yeah. they're called mucoid plaques, and they will store in the intestinal tract, and they can hang around for years. Cooked okay. foods do that. They are sludgy. They yeah. are uh, dry. They are moving through your intestinal tract like a brick. They're all sticky. They're very viscous. All right. They make your intestinal tract. Is that is that why is that why you're 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 really lazy and sluggish also? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. After you eat, you know, you're mm-hmm. like ready for a nap. Yes, and that's because of the circulating immune complexes. Mm-hmm. You're also releasing high amounts of enzymes. Your body's actually cannibalizing. It's it's catabolizing, mm-hmm. breaking itself down. And it's creating enzymes, supplemental digestive enzymes for your body because you've just poisoned the body. It's got to do two things. It's got to break itself down and then it's got to break your foods Mm -hmm. down. And that's super frustrating for the body. Over and over and over again, the body's doing that every day. It gets super tired. It gets super sluggish. It gets super congested and toxic. Um, So most people, they feel like at 1, 2 in the afternoon, they feel super tired and super sluggish. Yeah, I know that. A lot of people will blame that on parasites and things like that. No, it's really what's going on is your body is detoxifying at a certain time in the afternoon when everything's kind of up to optimal speed because you have to wake up in the morning, get yourself built up, and then work your way up like a slow train to speed. And then about that time, you start basically detoxifying um, and and basically pushing through all these chemicals, uh, these these, uh, massive amounts of poisons. Your body will start using yeast to detoxify them and break them down in bacteria. Most people poison themselves you know usually an hour before two anyway mm-hmm. um i can you know you can get rid of that through raw foods that sluggishness will de- disappear that de- uh you're detoxifying the liver the kidneys the colon the when limb I, when i started my green drink that's exactly what happened to me i was just like all of a sudden the cloudiness it broke away and um just everything the fogginess in the brain the sluggishness was gone um soreness yeah and then same with the the um smoothie the raw egg smoothie that we've been making our shake now in and, in, um, in raw eggs especially they what they do is they coat and soothe the intestinal tract they retighten that intestinal lining okay mm-hmm. so cooked and processed foods they move through the intestinal tract they're all dried and they're all uh, hard and sludgy mm-hmm. they will rip up and stretch and pull the intestinal tract out they'll create they'll rip uh, small holes like diverticulitis diverticulosis mm-hmm. they'll make pitting and pocketing in your intestinal tract which leaks into your blood um, you know your blood your lymph te- lymphatic tissue your lacteal system is connected right to your lymphatic tract all through it it's just waiting for foods to be absorbed through the intestinal wall into the lymph system into the bloodstream and then then go into the interstitial fluid Mm -hmm. and feed the cells right but if you're poisoning it you're not feeding the cells properly Mm -hmm. and the cells get sick and die and they they release viruses and and so, so on and so forth but if you're bringing in raw foods what raw foods do is they are fully hydrated they're fully moisturized mm-hmm. okay they're ionically yeah. bound with minerals um and and, and and enzymes big time enzymes that's the big thing is that the enzymes are there if you have a protein in a raw food there's an enzyme floating around right next to it waiting to digest it all right so um when you're eating cooked and processed foods the enzymes have been destroyed by heat they're denatured okay the nature of the enzyme is is completely unrecognizable they can't work properly key has been melted the lock has been blowtorched so what are enzymes the word enzyme comes from the greek n which means in enzyme which means leaven so enzymes are proteins secreted by cells that act as a catalyst to induce a chemical change in other substances without undergoing changes themselves catalysts they are used in very small amounts uh, called catalytic amounts and they're compared with the amounts of reactants that are consumed in the reaction so if you have a catalyst you need um, a substrate to create a reaction okay uh, you need a key and one key works for one lock or most you know usually mm-hmm. <laughs> always um, so basically you have to have them attached 
to your foods. If your food is raw, the enzymes are already there. You don't need any extra help. Typically, I don't usually have people take digestive enzymes when they're eating raw foods. Yeah. But if they've been eating tons of cooked foods for years and years and years, I will actually add in digestive enzymes with their raw food because I'm trying to sweep out and clean out and detoxify all the cooked and processed foods that are still left in the intestinal tract. Also, too, digestive enzymes, even when you're on a raw foods diet, remember, since the enzymes in your raw food, they're already there, they're already in proper amount for the, the nutrients in the food, well, when I add in extra digestive enzymes, where are they going to go? They're going to seek out, those enzymes are going to seek out more cooked and more processed foods in your intestinal tract, in your bloodstream, in your lymphatic tissue, and they're going to start detoxifying. So uh, the point of this book, uh, Enzymes, the Key to Health by Howard Loomis, L-O-O-M-I-S, Howard Loomis, um, is to show what digestive enzymes can do therapeutically. If I were just to take them like mm -hmm. every couple hours, what they'll do is they'll work through your intestinal tract area, they'll mm -hmm. get through your intestinal tract wall, and they'll find your arthritis. Uh, digestive enzyme therapeutic, digestive enzyme therapy uh, is an excellent therapy, high dose enzyme therapy, therapy proteolytic enzymes. Proteo yeah, means cool. protein, you know. Um, so basically, these uh, enzymes will come in, they'll break down fibrin, they'll break down dead, decrepit, and decaying tissue in your joints, in your bloodstream, in your nerve tissue. Um, so a lot of people. I think probably the most important thing at the healthy way is probably enzymes. Um, if I were to have one thing, for a lot of people, uh, it would be enzymes, you know, because they do work. There's no action in the body without work, without enzymes. Um, so three important determinants are the temperature, the concentration of the substrate, okay, the thing the enzyme is working mm -hmm. on, and the acidity or the alkalinity in the solution. So the rates of enzyme reactions, reactions, they increase with temperature until a point is reached at which the protein becomes unstable. So that's cooking. The temperature at which the enzyme-catalyzed reaction go, goes most rapidly is called the optimum temperature for that enzyme. And that's basically 98.6 degrees. You know, what happens when you're feeling like you're tired and you're cold and it's 95 degrees out, in your, 95 degrees in your body? The enzymes are sluggish. They're slow. Every reaction in your body is slow. You gain weight easily because mm -hmm. when you eat cooked and processed foods, your metabolism or your metabolism is sluggish and mm -hmm. slow. The enzymes aren't working properly that are in your body. Um, so, for example, plant enzymes work roughly in a pH of 3 to 9. Remember, those, those exogenous enzymes, those digestive enzymes, if you're going to take them with your cooked or processed food, even with your raw food, they work immediately. Your stomach, the pH from the stomach is between 5 and 2. Uh, so that means the plant enzymes, they're right on target. Mm -hmm. They will work immediately. They got the right temperature. They got the right pH. Perfect. They're ready to go. But animal enzymes, the, the cheap, you know, generic enzymes that most, a lot of people buy, um, animal pancreatic enzymes work only in an alkaline pH range of about 7 to 9. Um, and, and other information says 9 to 11. But So basically, you take the digestive enzymes, you get them into your food and they mix all together and they churn it up. They churn up in your stomach. Your stomach is kind of like a washing machine. It's just mm -hmm. whoosh, 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 churning and squeezing. And the enzymes mix together with that cooked food or processed food and they start breaking it down and digesting it. Once it drips down into your small intestine, the small intestine says, wow, I recognize this. This is perfect. All right. I'm, uh, the pancreas says, I don't have to work as hard. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the cells say, oh, well, good. We're not going to be poisoned. You know, I mean, uh, the body's still going to treat a cooked or processed food slightly like a poison. But if the enzymes are there, everything goes so much smoother. You can extend life 15, 20, 30 years just by taking digestive enzymes every day. Um, so awesome. 
uh, peptidase or protease is found in high levels in meats before they're cooked. But as soon as they're cooked, they're destroyed. Uh, so proteases, we talked about those. Those are inside of your digestive enzyme supplements. Uh, raw eggs, raw milk, and raw cheeses all are loaded with, with proteases. Lipases, what they do is they hydrolyze fat into monoglycerides and fatty acids. The role of the enzyme lipase is being studied extensively in treatments for chronic pancreatitis, pancreatic cancer, malabsorption abnormalities, myocardial infarction, and cholesterol and triglyceride studies. So another way you can lower cholesterol levels and, and detoxify your arterial wall is by taking lipase enzymes. Every good digestive enzyme complex has proteases and it has lipases. Um, so lipids, ACE. ACE is an enzyme ending, really. Lipid, uh, you know, that's why they call it lipase, uh, lipase. And um, amylases, they're the, the most complicated food substrates for the body, human body, to digest is actually carbohydrates. Humans are designed to eat a lot of raw animal foods. That's just the end of it. Uh, the thing is, is that indigenously for thousands of years, most cultures ate more animal products. They ate about 70-30. 70% animal, 30% plants and we've been this new world order agenda has been pushing vegetarianism and veganism for the last uh, you know 70 80 years that means pushing monocropping which kills loads of wildlife in uh -huh. the process because it destroys their um, environment mm -hmm. it uh, really um, uh, the the amount of industrial chemicals that are being used now to oh, do this whole thing is yeah. is unbelievable the environments are going to be completely poisoned by the push to push seeds and fruits, uh, well, excuse me, um, uh, mostly uh, seeds and, um, you know, uh, different uh, ground vegetables and things, and even corn and things like that, corn and wheat. That is causing a massive destruction and toxicity. The culture, if you walk into a forest dairy, how diverse is it? It's unbelievably yeah, diverse. Yeah, right. Mean, everything There's not depends on everything depends on something everything else. else. Yes. So when you walk in, you don't just see one or two types of trees. You see 10, 20, sometimes yep. 30 types of trees. You see loads of birds. And they're doing all their jobs. They're Everybody's, doing all their jobs. Yeah. And, and the predator and prey are working, uh, you know, and basically in harmony together. Um, but uh, the, the thing is, is that when you do monocropping and you use huge agricultural industrial projects, you poison everything in the environment. And then once you destroy the soil, they have to move on because yeah. they have to keep crop rotating because that's yeah. why. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the thing is that we are supposed to live in an environment where we're hunter, uh, we are gatherer, and that's really the best way to live. That's always the way indigenous people move. You move with the you animal. move with the foods. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, when they were doing studies on Native American cultures and they found, like, ma like say, mass graves, they, s they found that if the graves, the bigger they were, the more the toxicity of the human, uh, basically, in the bones and in the teeth. They mm -hmm. found that the more that uh, Native American cultures would, would settle down, if the populations got too big, they would start making more uh, agriculture and they would start to settle down in more located places instead of following the game mm -hmm. animals. Instead of being in smaller tribes, they found that when they were in bigger cultures, they would um, almost always succumb to some kind of degeneration because they were eating more seed crops they were mm -hmm. eating less animals uh, once they see them break into smaller bands you see them healthier again and this cap this happens over and over mm -hmm. and over again. it's just the ebb and flow um, but all of your agricultural societies your biggest ones they all fell to collapse uh, the Egyptians the Romans you know yeah. on and on and on and they keep doing this over and over again and we keep repeating our same mistakes <laughs> but uh, yeah. anyway that's for books that's that's, <laughs> for, that's that's why I read books um, let's see so food okay if you're eating a cooked or processed food, where does all the water go when you cook it, dairy? Out and Post evaporates. Oh, up and out and evaporates. Yep. Okay. What does it do in the... What, how does it get out? How does all that water get out of the cell? It explodes the cell, yep. right? The water volatilely, it evaporates and it rips the cell right open, the guts of the cell of every single cell in your food and it explodes outwards and it goes up. Now, in the meantime, it's 
it scalds and it cauterizes the metals, the, 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 the minerals. Uh, it scalds and cauterizes the proteins, the fats, and the carbohydrates that are inside of the food. And that's where the damage comes in. And that's when, when the body recognizes that damage, it says, holy crap, I have to excrete a ton of enzymes, white blood cells, mm -hmm. a ton of um, uh, you know immunoglobulins, a ton of antibodies, okay? Uh, that's the same thing. Um, it needs to excrete those to get those foods to digest histamines as well too. Very important histamines. Um, so when you eat a cooked or processed foods and you're trying to go low histamine, you're not doing yourself any favors. Mm -hmm. The low histamine diet is raw foods. Um, the low, you know, uh, the high antioxidant diet is raw foods. All your antioxidants, they're denatured when you eat a cooked or processed foods, um, they're, when you cook them. Uh, antioxidants can be anything. They can be anything that's antioxidantical, uh, occidental, and that's uh, proteins, fats, carbohydrates, vitamins, minerals. They're all technically antioxidants when they're raw. So basically the function of digestion, digestion is to reduce food particles from their combined form, which is like long-chained molecules, and break them out, down into their smaller basic components. That is necessary so they make pass across the gut wall. Now, one thing about the digestive tract is when it's stretched, ripped, and torn, the there's these cells. They're called tight, well, they're junctures. They're called tight cell junctures. So imagine if you had a chain link fence. If you start cutting the fence up because of the cooked and processed foods, they'll rip that fence right open and everything can get in. Everything can leak through. So de dehydration of raw foods preserves the food but it does make it harder to process so try fermenting as much as possible when now all raw foods they do three things first they either there's three preservation methods first they either ferment dehydrate or if it's really cold they'll freeze so in um, all of your cultures you're gonna have one of those three things what do humans do they take them they can them they process yeah. them they sterilize them they poison them with antibiotics they put them in jars and, and and they instead of those foods being fermenting and lasting actually fermenting can keep foods good for thousands of hundreds of years um they take them and they put them in cans and they destroy them and the shelf life is extended from basically uh say like a tomato you know yeah. it'll go moldy after a while well yeah. you could take it you can sterilize it you can put antibiotics in the can lining and you can store it in a can for years now it's a dead food lifeless devitalized mm -hmm. but it'll make money and that's yeah, the point the whole point is yeah so <laughs> just at the end of the day really the most important thing is to remember is that uh your foods this is why my therapy is called living foods and healing herbs living foods the foods mm -hmm. are literally alive the enzymes are active the bacteria in the food is active okay that's what you want um so the secret to improving digestion the digestion of food is largely taken for granted by just about everyone most books on the science of nutrition describe the normal process of digestion but do not attempt to unravel the secrets of poor digestion more than a billion dollars is spent annually on drugs to relieve heartburn excess acid bloating and other symptoms of indigestion these products are designed to give temporary relief or to cover up these symptoms they do nothing to improve people's ability to digest food on their own fortunately there is a little known secret about improving digestion that has been around for at least 50 years only now is it receiving attention but not nearly as much as it deserves so simply stated the secret is that each raw uncooked fruit vegetable or meat or any animal product contains the enzymes that will digest the food in which they are contained that's the secret that is the big secret mm -hmm. it's always been and always will be the raw foods but the problem is is that these enzymes are destroyed during cooking canning or other methods of food processing. In fact, cooking is stressed as a major digestive aid in most of your dietary and nutrition textbooks. And that's the worst, that's the worst crime right there. 
Um, while cooking does function, now this is where the author goes way off the rails here. <laughs> while cooking does function to make it easier to digest some foods, such as raw vegetables, which is not true at all because it rips up the cellulose. That's mm-hmm. the way, that's what he's interpreting it because cellulose is hard to digest. If you if you denature the cellulose, you're ripping up the cells, which makes nothing digestible because nothing is recognizable. Mm-hmm. That's like burning your house down and piling up the ashes and then bringing it to Florida in a dump truck and saying, see, it's easier to move. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. Um, digesting is breaking down those boards and the, you know, t- uh, the, the, the carpet and everything like that and moving it all down mm-hmm. there and then reassembling it. Um, so, uh, but cooking also destroys the enzymes contained in the food that would improve digestion even more than cooking. Temperatures above 118 degrees Fahrenheit destroy the enzymes found in almost all of our foods. Also, many foods we eat today are man-made and do not contain enzymes. Enzymes run virtually all biochemical processes in living things. In case of plants, these enzymes bring the plant to maturity or ripeness, and they will di- digest the plant when they are properly activated. All that is required for the enzyme to be, re- is, uh, to be released is the chewing or cutting of the plant. So, say if you had, um, say if you had sprouts, for example, like yeah. we grow sprouts yeah. at the store. Okay, you take the seed, you water it, that deactivates the enzyme inhibitors on the outside of the seed shell. The little tiny coitalidin, which is called, mm-hmm. is it comes up and it pops up out of the seed, opens up the seed, it splits open like a like a watermelon, and you, the little shoot comes up, and then after about three or four days, it gets green. Mm-hmm. What's doing all that activity? Enzymes. Enzymes are doing all of that activity. After about three or four days, five or six days, everything's green. It's um, the light is basically uh, causing the catalytic reaction of yeah. uh, photosynthesis. After a bit, you'll start to see a little root push out the bottom of that seed, and that's it's seeking soil at that point. Yeah. The enzymes are running out. The little root is looking for nutrients. Yeah, and I was going to say it's looking tr- for nutrients or food because it's yep. th- the enzymes are done for it. Okay, but when you eat the sprouts, the great thing about sprouts is that they are loaded with enzymes. The small little seeds are loaded with enzymes. The bigger the seed gets, the, excuse me, the sprout gets, the more the enzymes are depleted, and then the less useful. Mm-hmm. The I know those um, another uh, business out there. That's what they're doing. They're just utilizing the the um, sprouts. Well, there's a and company and called Sprouts that. Um, uh, yeah. We can actually get them at the healthy way. They're from one of our raw food vendors. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, um, I know this guy's making a powder. I think he's from Poughkeepsie. I think that's. I, I just ran into uh, a friend of mine who's on it. So. Well, I don't know um, it's the same guy. Su- Sun Foods does a raw food thing right from that, and so does uh-huh. Garden Life. Garden Life actually sprouts everything before they uh, they sun dry it, and then uh-huh. they powder it. So I only put people on two of the protein powders that I just mentioned for mm-hmm. my raw foods therapy. My clients come to the store. We sit them down. We get a what do you got going on? Oh, I got this symptom, that symptom, this mm-hmm. disease, that disease. All right. I write up a plan for them. I put them on herbs. I put them on oils. I put them on raw foods. Raw foods is the focus. And then the in the supplements, like uh, herbal supplements and things. So I have in the mix to make the shake taste good. Sometimes the, a lot of people, the ingredients, they have to play around with the ratios. But mm-hmm. you put that raw protein powder in there, and it's basically comprised of sprouted uh, nuts and seeds and things like that and then of course you know uh, there could be veg- um, uh, vanilla and chocolate powder and things like yeah. that but all that stuff is raw it's organic it's 100% uh, uh, raw and organic it's sprouted mm-hmm. as well um, but that's Garden of Life that's Sun mm-hmm. Foods Company there's a couple more companies out there that do do that though mm-hmm. but right. you gotta be h- number one 100% you gotta make sure that it's going to be raw and fermented yeah. or raw and sprouted if it's going to be seeds like garbanzo beans and azuka and lentil and mung bean and all that um, so uh Let's see. All enzymes require the presence of water, the proper temperature, and the correct pH in order to work. And these conditions are present in the mouth and saliva. Okay, so uh, when the indigenous food enzymes are destroyed, okay, the enzymes that are inside of the food, 
when you cook it, your body must assume the entire burden of digesting the food. Scientists are gradually becoming aware that the organs that produce our digestive enzymes are not large enough to produce all the enzymes needed to digest the average American diet. What's the average American diet? It's mostly cooked and processed. It's mostly mm. uh, wheat products, corn, soy, um, sugar beets. Uh, beet sugar and uh, the major problems arise when the body is unable to digest and assimilate food that has been put into it nature's plan calls for the enzymes found in raw food to help with digestion if food enzymes do some of the work the body is not burdened with eliminating or an, an accumulation of food it cannot assimilate food allergies gas bloating heartburn constipation diarrhea they're only minor problems that can result uh, bigger problems are coming down the road studies are gradually revealing that the resulting metabolic problems may be the direct cause of many chronic degenerative diseases so, Edward Howell's food paradigm was there are three basic broad classifications of enzymes. There's those that occur in food, there's those that are made in the body for digestion of food, and then there's metabolic enzymes made to run the biochemical reactions occurring in the body. So, um, if you don't have the raw foods coming in, if you don't have the enzymes coming in, mm -hmm. if you're eating cooked and or processed foods, what happens is, is hypertrophy takes place. Hypertrophy. So basically enlargement of your organs. Your organs start to swell up. Mm -hmm. um, starving boys, the kids in Africa and things like that, their yeah. organs enlarge. You see those big gigantic yeah, bloated boys? Yeah. That's hypertrophy. Their intestinal tract is swelling. Their stomach is swelling. Everything's mm -hmm. working so much harder because they're starving. They're not getting the nutrients they need. Okay. Um, so how Howell, Dr. Edward Howell, is the first to realize that the pancreas enlarges when it is required to produce all the enzymes needed to digest the food. Howell believed that when we cooked an enzyme deficient foods okay uh, the body is forced to produce enzymes needed for digestion he proved by autopsy weights that cattle that were fed a diet poor and naturally occurring food enzymes had a larger pancreas per percentage of body weight than cattle who were allowed to graze in raw on raw grass he believed this proved that the pancreas was never intended to produce all the enzymes needed to digest our entire dietary intake he believed the believed the body had to borrow enzymes from other tissues and organs to complete digestion today we know that our immune system okay white blood cells will make up for any pancreatic insufficiencies this is where the circulating immune complexes come in mm -hmm. and this is where white blood cells come into macrophage okay uh, basically eat uh, um, the cooked or processed foods that are not digested in the intestinal tract today we know that our immune system must make up for the pancreatic insufficiencies how we believe that this stealing of enzymes from other parts of the body sets up a competition for enzymes among the various organ systems and tissues of the body and the resulting metabolic dislocations may be the direct cause of all chronic degenerative disease digestion begins in the mouth okay the salivary glands secrete some enzymes that begin working right away if the food is chewed thoroughly nutribulating that's why i do nutribulating yeah, yeah. it chews the food right up <laughs> skips out all the process a lot of my older clients are so happy to be able to digest food mm -hmm. for the first time in years if the food contains its own enzymes they can also begin to work so if the food contains its own enzymes what does that mean raw food right raw, raw, the yeah. food contains its own enzymes they also begin to work if it is cooked or processed only the enzymes in the saliva are available to begin digestion and then they go into the stomach they struggle there mm -hmm. then they go into the intestinal tract they struggle there then they leak into the bloodstream they struggle there then they poison the body you know and then you struggle and then you struggle man <laughs> yeah all right um so basically all right um and do and I just like I love to geek out on the science like yeah. I really do because like when the st when the stomach is stretching when foods are coming in when food is eaten the, the stomach immediately begins to start concentrating acid to lower the pH to about three and that's also too when the stomach is uh 
it, the stomach will actually analyze the chemical constituents of the food. So will the mouth, your your nose, your brain, everything. Like when you smell that food, like you're saying, yeah. I'm smelling spaghetti. All right, <laughs> your body's your body will actually like if it smells like exactly what it normally smells. Yeah. Like say it's grandma's, you know, spaghetti, and you're like. It knows exactly what that food is, its chemical constituent, its makeup. Now, it's not going to immediately release the enzyme. It's going to mm-hmm. wait, but um, your body is going to prepare for it incredibly, incredibly well. And here you think you're hungry for it. <laughs> your body's getting ready to, for a poison, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that your body's actually recognizing it, and it's, uh, it, it is recognizing there is nutrients and there's yeah. minerals and, and things available, but it can't really truly access them, mm-hmm. not that well mm-hmm. at least. If that's the only thing that you have to offer your palate, your ba- your palate's going to crave those things yeah. because those are the only things to crave. Okay. If I yeah. introduce the body, like a, say a child, if I introduce them before age five, if I introduce them to all the organic and raw mm-hmm. foods they can eat, they will crave those things throughout adult life. Oh, yeah, I, I see that and it, mm. at the school all the time. Your yeah. body um, cate- categorizes everything in it and it really remembers it deep subconscious level. Um Let's see. So, in accordance with a table of essential definitions on page 19, uh, the secret of the, a successful nutritional program, Derry's trying to do that here, uh, lies in using whole foods and even whole herbs as sources of nutrients. To ensure proper assimilization and utilization of the nutrients, our bodies need the enzymes contained in these foods to help us receive maximum nourishment in the event that we do not have perfect digestion. The process of nourishing human beings has worked wonderfully well for thousands of years. How's that? You know, uh, single ingredient raw foods straight from the animal, straight from the tree, straight from the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today, the process is threatened by our increasing need for longer shelf life. This needs, this need makes us dependent on processed foods. By that, I mean foods that do not contain the indigenous enzymes that were created with. For whatever reason, the enzymes have been removed by cooking, canning, or irradiation, or perhaps the food was man-made and never contained enzymes. So, how do we, as a modern society, solve this perplexing dilemma? What's the simplest solution? Eat right. Eat right. Eat right. Eat man. right. Eat raw. Yep. Eat organic. All Put right. the right stuff in. So I challenge you. We're gonna end it now. I challenge you to go to the store, buy more raw foods. I I challenge you to eat one raw food meal a day. Okay, that would be vegetables, fruits, um, animal products. That would be raw eggs right now. It's pretty much the easiest thing. Get them organic. Okay, yeah. make sure to go organic. Number one challenge: go organic on everything you can. Okay, uh, try not to compromise. I would recommend. This is my number one rule: is I do not compromise on my foods unless I'm going to go out and have a celebratory dinner with my wife or something like that. I'm going grocery shopping. I will never compromise on my foods. If I can't get it organic, I won't get it. All right, but if I am there, um, oh, where's my point? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I lost my point. <laughs> well, if I'm there at the store, uh, I'm buying organic first off. And also, too, when I first started, I challenged myself to do one raw food meal a day, and that was my Nutribullet shake. I said, okay, I'm learning this as I go. Mm-hmm. Nobody was teaching me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the books were, but nobody nobody outside in my near influence was teaching me. I had to figure all this out on my own through prayer and you know through my higher power and through books. And uh, animal foods came mm-hmm. to mind after I was eating vegetables and fruits. Well, animal foods. Now, trouble is, is that most of the stores don't sell the real proper correct raw animal foods like you can't buy i've had folks i mean i'll tell them you know uh, let's go get you some raw milk and they're like oh i'll just go to the store and i'll buy some organic milk and that's good right and they say that and i say you got to read the labels you got to look at yeah. the bo-. i was like in new york state every state's different in new york state you cannot buy raw milk at the store it's all pasteurized it's pasteurized ultra pasteurized mm-hmm. yeah. it's added synthetic vitamins and minerals added to it regardless if it's organic it has to be heat sterilized and they do this for a number of reasons and for a lot of uh basically propaganda um that that's why they started it but Mm -hmm. you can go to farms and get it raw you can look up you can go to realmilk.com and you can find all 50 states 
are all listed, even the territories, Puerto Rico and whatnot. Uh, if where you're traveling to or where you're living, you can find raw milk near you, okay? Or you can order it online, which is where I go. Yeah. Um, I get it shipped right to me every couple weeks. Uh, it's called millersbiofarm.com. Just uh, exactly how it's said. It's spelled millersbiofarm.com. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Derry, maybe, yeah. about getting they they do it by the pallet they'll yeah. actually send it to you so we get maybe shipped here to dairy's place and maybe dairy can start doing raw milk he can start handing it out here and i we'll think um i think i'm actually going to do that i think it's uh something that email them yeah and uh, i've emailed them and i've talked to them about doing bulk deals and they will actually work with you they'll send up a pallet and you can do that maybe like once because you got to keep the milk pretty fresh you want to what happens is basically after about three weeks or four weeks if the milk is really really healthy grass-fed which is what it mm-hmm. is for millers it's grass-fed grass-finished all organic it's a2a2 um um, that milk takes about four weeks for it to go uh, sour, which means ferment. Nothing wrong with it. Completely healthy. Mm-hmm. It'll turn into kefir or yogurt, which yeah. is, that's a great thing about here on the res. Like yeah. after what you just told me yeah. earlier today before the show, <laughs> you can basically do or really prepare that food any way you want. You can turn it into yogurt. You can turn it into kefir. Mm-hmm. So I think. I have no idea why we don't do that more here. I I don't think it's done at all. I I. Well, th- because it, here's the thing is that most people on the reservation in most places uh, tell indigenous people that raw milk is not a traditional part of their culture. And that's yeah, well, that's what I had believed for yeah. for years. and It's not true at all. No, uh-huh. um, like we weren't introduced to it before. But I th- now I think about it and it's what they did to the milk that made it, you know, made it unhealthy and yep, made and us do, you know. Yeah, and it's not like it wasn't. Lactose It wasn't a huge part of the Native American diet, but <laughs> it was certainly a part of the diet. Any chance that yeah. um, the culture could get, uh, any any tribe, they would take the milk uh, from any animal that was uh, calving and they would, or, or breastfeeding or whatever, and they would get the milk. That would be one of the first things. Mm-hmm. Um, every other culture, basically, nomadically, semi-nomadically whatever they farmed milk from animals they would milk reindeer i mean in, even native american cultures around here would would uh would if they could chance they would get buffalo and they would milk buffalo if mm-hmm. they had the chance um basically more or less they would pretty much be dead but um the thing is is that milk is a perfect food it is one of the their the raw eggs are pretty close to perfect they're basically perfect they have every nutrient on earth raw milk is and so is bee pollen Mm-hmm. So bee pollen is a basically perfect food. I want to talk about bee pollen at some point. I, got, I have a book on that. I want to discuss how important bee See, pollen I is. I really want to start delving into more about the foods. and Yeah, that's what know, we're going to do. Yeah. I wanted to get the whole uh, understanding out of the, the way of viruses and, yeah, and bacteria yeah. I mean, and it, enzymes. It, it's the best time. I mean, I don't want to say it's the best time for it, but I mean, people need to know. Mm-hmm. And, well, um, that's what I wanted to do. Th- yeah. I wanted to do one show, like we just do a free fall and we talk free for all, and we talk about food. Mm-hmm. Like the trouble is that there's so much detail on each one of these foods that we could talk really importantly about one food and, and um, go on for. <laughs> I want to be a different show than all these stupid yeah. health. Sh- I mean, not stupid, but there's a lot of health shows out there, and they just they they, they throw out a hundred things and they say mm-hmm. this herb's good for this, this herb's good for that, yeah. and nobody explains what anything really is mm-hmm. the detail of it i like to get the detail of things when people understand and know deeply what a food is how foundational it is mm-hmm. and all the things that it can do i've got stacks of books on raw milk mm-hmm. i just have never done uh, a show on strictly raw milk um actually i have but uh yeah. because um i haven't had a really good books to do it mm-hmm. and it's not like it's the most exciting topic but yeah. uh that is a perfect food and i'm going to talk about all the healing that can be done with raw milk fasting um now raw eggs are another thing raw eggs are another perfect thing i don't there's not a lot of good books on there there actually is only like one or two that i know of but if we're going to do 
the basically healing aspect of foods the big thing is is that we got to know where to get the foods and mm -hmm. we have to have opportunities and that's one of the reasons why i haven't talked about raw milk too much mm -hmm. is because there hasn't been a clear opportunity for anybody to get access to the food to the audience that i'm yeah. talking to because there's the nearest farm the raw milk farm is an hour away from here mm -hmm. uh the least legal one that i know of and that's in jay new york that's um sugar house creamery the next nearest one is in keysville new york and that's um uh, north country creamery mm -hmm. so and the other one is the not even i don't wouldn't recommend it but it's gold top dairy at least that i know i have a lady who's actually going to start possibly doing it she's in richville i think mm -hmm. somewhere down Far, well, she's in her governor, and she was telling me yeah, that she yeah. wants to do it, but it's not legal. And mm -hmm. I don't want to send somebody there and get her in trouble, and I don't yeah. want anybody to, you know. Get in trouble themselves. Well, yeah, and I don't want to put information out, you know, and then put it on blast on yeah. the radio because yeah. it's illegal. Uh, but I don't remember, you know, I'm the lady who it is. Um, the trouble is, is that that's the trouble about raw milk. If we were to get you doing it here, yeah. Gary, it yeah. would be unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, people could come right here and just get up a glass of milk every day, yeah. you know, if they wanted yeah. to, or buy a gallon from that you. Would be, I mean, if I can contribute <coughs> to anybody's health, yeah. to, you know. Dude, we could do butter, yogurts, mm -hmm. uh, kefirs. I can show you that's, how to make that, it all that's raw. That's my whole, my whole goal was, well, first it was to try to get some healthy stuff in me, and then I, I tried to get more of the kids at the school mm -hmm. healthier, a lot healthier. And that's my goal, is just to provide something healthy that can actually help you, you know? Yep. That, and not... If we, were to have it, if we were to have raw milk as, as served at school, oh my God, the kids would be so unbelievably healthy. The Like if you were to look at year to year, mm -hmm. when, hey, Dairy introduced raw milk in 2021. Look at the health of the kids. Uh, I'd like to see time. the learning, the learning yeah, levels, everything. That uh, that's you know. Um, You're talking a perfect food. There is no, there's only a few of them on mm -hmm. earth that are a complete food. We have everything your body requires, and you can literally live off of them. Raw milk is mm -hmm. one of them. Um, you know, talking about the cellular level of the food, it cleans out everything mm -hmm. in the interstitial fluid. Arthritis has disappeared. So they were using it in the 1900s for raw milk fasting for clinics, and they were healing every disease. The doctors got yeah, so reading, you know offended at that. Doctor Crew, I think, like it was, was that easy to cure it was that easy to cure that, disease yeah. that they pushed these guys out yeah. um and they they, they bastardized milk yeah. you know so anyway um, yeah, um we do have to cut it short um as always you know it's always a pleasure to have you andrew and um the more and more we delve into something like we could probably talk just about the raw milk for an hour <laughs> well that's it and i plan on doing that if you want to we could talk about raw milk the next show i'll uh more or less i talk about what i'm reading and i have to keep rereading books yeah. uh, because i'm like i have to re i have to brush up on this yeah, topic yeah, that i'm going to yeah. talk about that i haven't talked about in a year and a half um i, I mean i've been doing radio shows for almost five years mm -hmm. so i've got tons of topics but i want to do a raw milk show so yeah, I think we yeah definitely let's do that for let's try to plan that yeah you know uh, what I'm excited about this week is not what I'm excited about next week. Yeah, it's just <laughs> well, something pops up, you know, the news and the thing is, is I've got 14, 15 books on the go. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. Like I really do. I, in between two <laughs> bathrooms, I've got six <laughs> or seven books in each bathroom, and I just I I because I, I, I don't want to be just reading one topic at a yeah, time. Yeah, I, um, I'm like I'm in. Um, well, I was reading the um, EMF. EMF. Yeah, I read that. Now I'm going through all of the research that from um, um, clinical. Um, Healing or not clinical? Miller's or Miller's review, review clinical. clinical. Yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah, review. my my mind's just okay. horrible. But um, book list. If anybody wants a book list, make sure to let me know. Uh, you know, message uh, or Facebook, whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's that's basically what I'm. If doing. you want I'm, a new I'm, book, to yeah, to hit you up, man. Okay. I, and I definitely need another book because I'm going back and forth, and I'm going through the all the reviews and all the research he's researched. Right. And I'm um, just 
getting into a couple of those and reading. So what uh, have you done? You've done Invisible Rainbow. Yep. Uh, um, EMF. EMF. Raw Primal Diet book. Have you done that yet? No, I got into it and I just haven't. Okay. I haven't Finished. read further enough into it finish and, uh, that one that's a big one finish yeah. that one uh if for anybody out here who's listening to the show most of my clients they get the raw primal diet mm-hmm. book and that's like taking i tell them it's like taking me home with them mm-hmm. um and they have all this uh, this is research Excellent. and access material okay so uh i've sold 300 copies of that book in the last like four years like oh, wow. I, I got an exclusive deal with the printer the only one that's printing that book still oh wow. um, that's awesome so anyway anyway uh yeah we'll uh We'll catch up in two weeks and uh, maybe sooner. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, to, I, I could finish I, that raw milk book in a couple in like a day. Yeah, um, and um, then I could have a show together. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, like I'm trying to get more into this. Um, I'm everywhere right now. I'm doing so much stuff, and I've got the you know trying to pay the bills here with. Well, I sent you a food list, so yeah. uh, you can buy in bulk from our store or from Albert's. Really, um, yeah. it's uh, seven hundred fifty dollar minimum. So we yeah. got to get a big list together. But I just got some for myself. But uh, the raw milk thing from mm-hmm. Miller's—that's a big deal. And if we could do that here. Um, we could do kefir. We could do yogurt. We could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. I'm. I'm. Loving, I have, I'm loving the kefir I've been getting. Well, I've got recipes for 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 ba- uh, cream cheese for mm-hmm. uh, baked cake batter like it's all raw it's all organic and like you could eat this stuff as a snack and make and sell it for mm-hmm. and people would just love this stuff i mean yeah. I, I love it but i, I mean uh, the key for milk alone has done so much for my recipes mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for the i it just gives it that a little well, you, extra you can make ice cream raw, raw ice cream too like mm-hmm. I, i've got recipes for that yeah but. awesome all right so yeah, guys i'm andrew Larsh, naturopathic doctor uh yeah, healthy way in messina new york if you need me tuesdays and fridays are days i sit down with clients and we deal with anything you can think of that you need to heal uh uh, bring it on um and we'll uh, we'll help address it and take care of it right. all right and i'm furious white with the health moment on scoden 107 fm and furious entertainment and uh i hope everybody enjoys the segments we've been doing and uh check us out on spotify um podcasts everywhere podcasts are available basically and you can listen to all of these and get all the reading material and find out where to purchase or get in touch with andrew directly and i'm on facebook at andrew Middle name Miles, last name Larsh. Larsh is spelled L-A-R-C-H-E. And uh, go there, like the page, uh, or me. Um, go to my f- other Facebook page, is Living Foods and Healing Herbs. And if you need to reach out, schedule anything, sit down, uh, let me know. Yep. All right, man. You all take it easy, and thanks for tuning in. All right, Bob. All right. Hona. Hona. <laughs>